0: Our New Testament lesson comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, reading verses 36 through 43, and this may be found on page 128 in your pew Bible. Now, in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lido was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, she showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. Friends, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today is a Sunday of Sundays. It is so many things today. One of which it is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all those mothers amongst us, both biological and spiritual mothers who have influenced our lives. We are grateful for you today. And this sermon has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Though it might, but this is not a Mother's Day sermon. It is also and this is just a fun fact that I learned this week that I thought I gotta share it because someone will appreciate this. This is called Good Shepherd Sunday. Good Shepherd Sunday. The fourth Sunday of the Easter season is always Good Shepherd Sunday. The Gospel text is a selection from uh, chapter 10 in the Gospel of John. And then it is paired with what Psalm? You guessed it, Psalm 23. Every year, fourth Sunday of Easter, Good Shepherd Sunday. And that is today. In fact, Revelation, the reading that we had earlier, uh, which Matt read uh, so well, gives us also the metaphor of shepherd and sheep, where there Jesus is both the uh, slain lamb of God, but also the shepherd. This expanding pastoral universe unfolds across much of Scripture, Drawing even us who know so little about shepherding or sheep, like myself, into this metaphor. And all of that makes sense. But then, then you get to our reading from Acts, chapter 9. Which seems to have very little to do with shepherds or sheep. It is an outlier. It's if we were to play the game, which one of these does not belong, we would say... Acts, Acts, of course, and of course, that's the one I want to preach from this day. So let's take a closer look. The book of Acts, or the full name, the Acts of the Apostles, is the telling of the early beginnings of what will be called the church. Acts is part two of the Gospel of Luke. This is the church on the other side of the resurrection, after Jesus' ascension into heaven, and now led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples they would do greater things than he, and now here they are doing such things, bringing to fruition this kingdom of God that Jesus promised. And so Acts is this compilation of stories about the early church, given special attention to people like Peter and Paul, with intent on showing how the gospel will move throughout the world from Judea to Galilee, to Samaria, to the ends of the known world for that time. These disciples, blown about by the Holy Spirit, are taken to places that they would have not otherwise chosen if given the choice. Peter is no exception. Peter, son of Jonah, has now found himself in the coastal city of Joppa. The journey Peter takes with the spirit guides him to places he probably would rather have not gone. Notice at the end of our story today, he ends up staying with a tanner, Simon. Simon the Tanner. And what do tanners do? But handle dead animals, unclean things, things that Peter has been taught so well to never touch himself, because he would be ritually unclean. But here he is laying his head down resting at this Tanner's house Peter is pushed into places that previously he would not have gone soon Peter will have to face this notion of clean and unclean and that God has called all things clean but now Peter's struggle with inclusion reflects the struggle of the earlier church A few chapters earlier to this, we find the disciples facing exclusionary practices. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now during those days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. The disciples understood this to be a division of labor issue, not an exclusionary issue. So they break up the labor, and assign people to tend to the widows. But now Peter is here facing another problem. Enter Tabitha. Now, we don't know much about Tabitha. I wish we did. Uh, in a climate where Hebrews and Hellenists are concerned about equal treatment, I think it's significant that Luke tells us that she has gives us her two names, the Greek name Dorcas and her Aramaic name, Tabitha, which means gazelle, Dorcas, I wish a name would be revived for babies today, Dorcas, or even Tabitha. But Tabitha slash Dorcas, she lives in two worlds. In this duality, in this both and world, she becomes a disciple of Jesus. Like the other brave women who first gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus, she is a disciple, along with Mary Magdalene and so many others. Luke champions women specifically to show that they too are now understood as disciples, leaders, followers of Jesus in this early church movement. Now, it's possible that Tabitha had some wealth as she was able to spend so much time providing clothes for widows and other economically marginalized. For Tabitha, following Jesus meant dedicating her life to the economic uplift of those without social or economic standing. For those for whom society had withheld choice, Tabitha sought to give them a choice in their life. Her work became paramount to the welfare of the community And so her death threatens stability and prosperity for the most vulnerable in their community. Enter Peter. Peter, knowing, knowing that Peter was nearby, they sent for Peter. Peter arrives to a fashion parade of clothing Tabitha had provided so many. I imagine if Tabitha was alive at this moment, she probably would have been embarrassed. Embarrassed by the attention given to her. But all the same, these clothes being worn are testimonies to her good works, witnessing to her piety, showcasing her goodwill. Tabitha, a.k.a. Dorcas, is one to look up to in the community. She is a pillar. And here is this community gathered in faith mourning. They cry because this pillar of their community has died. But they cry, too, because this is their lost loved one, a friend, a companion, a confidant. I wonder if after her passing, if they read Psalm 23. I wonder if this is the day that Psalm 23 became that psalm that we go to on days like this. On this day of sadness. But then Peter arrives. He is here. Notice they haven't buried Tabitha. They have placed her in the upper room. Why? I think it's because they believe. They believe that if Peter showed up, something would happen. Not knowing what, they just knew something. Something would happen. So she is there, laid in the upper room. Peter will do something. Now that all these widows are without someone to make clothes, will Peter again turn to the division of labor problem? Or perhaps Peter will come with inspiring words designed to comfort these who mourn say good things about Tabitha's legacy. What will Peter do in this moment? Then Peter does what Peter knew Jesus would have done. Peter prays and tells Tabitha, get up. And just as Jesus told Jairus' daughter earlier in Luke, she gets up. You see, Peter saw Jesus do this, and so he believes that he too can do this very thing. Following Jesus continues this work of Jesus. For Peter, it was a miraculous prayer. For Tabitha, it was tending to the needs of the widows. This is the heart of what it means to be a disciple, to be a follower of the way, to follow Jesus. In the aftermath of Easter Sunday, we join in the life-giving work of Jesus through the empowerment of the Spirit, joining Jesus in this work that in the shadow of death we fear no evil for the shepherd leads us into places of life in the gospel lesson Jesus tells us that the sheep know the shepherd's voice and they follow the shepherd Tabitha gets up because in the words of Peter she hears the words of the shepherd speaking to her get up She hears the words of life, abundant life, come from the lips of Peter. Life together on this side of the resurrection speaks into the now defeated realm of death, words of life, get up. The God who raised Jesus from the dead has come because the widows, for God has not forgotten about the fragile, vulnerable group. God has come to do a new thing, Even if that new thing feels a little bit like the old thing, God is doing something new through Peter and Joppa. This movement of renewed life isn't about Peter, though. Notice this is not about Peter, though he is instrumental in this moment. This moment is about the Spirit continuing Jesus' work beyond the bounds of Jesus' ascended body, dwelling now at the right hand of the Father. This is about the continuation of the Spirit's work in the world. This isn't something to be memorialized as if that was something that Jesus did, but now we're left to our own, as if it's been consigned to the past. No, this is about the very present realities and the same Spirit working through the church. The Holy Spirit continues to lead the church to further this work of Jesus. So the life of discipleship always points beyond the life of the disciple to the teacher. The sheep points beyond itself to the shepherd. Imagine sheep taking credit for finding the right path to green pastures. Imagine sheep drinking deeply from cool waters, believing they had found their way to the water by themselves. Imagine sheep skittish in nature, easily spooked, walking through the darkest valley during the wolves' lunchtime and thinking, yeah, we did this by ourselves silly as this is it is tempting to think that the results of kingdom work through the church belong to us and not to the one who sent us that the work that we do at wesley memorial isn't about wesley memorial but about our worship of the resurrected lord another way to think about this is consider peter peter was the one who was called for for this moment peter traveled all this way to come peter prayed So Peter's responsible for and deserves the credit for Tabitha raising from the dead. Taken as such then, this church, from the work that Peter did, would become the church of Peter, for Peter and by Peter. This kind of church would then take on Peter's characteristics and would, in fact, in the end, exclude the same kind of people that Peter excludes. But Peter did not take credit. No, rather, we are told after this event, more became believers in the Lord. The way of Jesus, a way forever open to the people who have yet to know, yet to experience liberation, yet to know solidarity offered to us in the Incarnate One. The way of Jesus forever overthrows the social boundaries we place upon ourselves, those walls that exclude people. This way overthrows those ways. This is the way of Jesus. And this moment, with Tabitha, the both-and woman from Lida, is a step along this path that will open up to the world the gospel. This small degree of change for Peter, who rests his head at a tanner's home, will in time contribute to the overwhelming chorus of people which we heard in Revelation that chorus that is filled with people from every tribe and every nation surrounding the very throne of God, proclaiming salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. This diverse, beautiful company of saints comes to us because of these small degrees of changes of being led by the Spirit into unknown places. And so the question comes, which one of these does not belong? The Lamb of God answers, they all do. May we be led by the Spirit here at Wesley Memorial, always willing to take that small step That might include going to places that you had not anticipated. Talking to people that you would normally not have talked to. And in those small acts, change the world for the kingdom. May we be such a people. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we are thankful that you are a good shepherd, that you are with us both in the lush and good times and those times that are fearful. When we walk through the shadow of the valley of death, we give thanks that you are with us. Help us to always be attuned to your voice that is speaking to us, calling to us, luring us into the world to proclaim the liberative love of Jesus.